All right, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond, and I will be your host for this evening. Today is June 12th, 2014, and this episode is brought to you in part by Tweet and Fiber Company, makers of Master Chalk, the choice of professionals for decades. Master your game with Master Chalk. Today is June the 12th. That means one thing. You know what? Tomorrow is Friday the 13th. And it's a full moon. You better watch out now. Don't break any mirrors or walk under ladders. Or, uh, you know, maybe keep your eyes out for werewolves or something like that. Sounds like the, the makings of a, of a creepy day. So, uh, anyway, uh, what's going on in the world of pool? Um... Got this awesome event coming up tomorrow. It's uh, holy moly, twenty thousand dollar match, Jesse Bowman versus Sky Woodward, Skyler Woodward. They're playing up in uh, the Carom Room in Beloit, Wisconsin. That sounds like it's gonna be a ragtag good time. If you're a fan of nine ball. Go to PoolActionTV.com and check out uh, the skinny on the feed for that. It's going to be going on for a couple different days there. And uh, should make for some really hot, hot action with uh, with the cash on the line there. So anyway, yeah, we have a great show for you also. And uh, I'm going to get to talk to Coach Wilson about his uh, plans for their next training event. And we're going to be talking with uh, Justin Collette from uh, CSI about his feelings on uh, the team and uh, what he thinks about the selection process and some other good stuff. So stick around and we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back and I'm talking with... uh, Justin Collette, he's the uh, media manager over at uh, CSI, Q Sports International. Um, how's the uh, the position going for you over there in the uh, in the desert there, Justin? <laughs> it's going well. It's uh, We're knee-deep and getting ready for the Nationals event and the uh, CSI yeah. Invitationals, yeah. as well as uh, we've got three pretty cool challenge matches along, the, along with the Invitationals. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Ozzy, the manager over there at CSI, is really went above and beyond for this event, putting together something that's going to be pretty cool. We were able to bring uh, JP Parmenter on board nice. as well to do a lot of the uh, the graphics and the photography, and he's going to help with the stream as well. Uh, we've also put together a team for the stream uh, with uh, Tim Wampler and Vincent Rockford and Andy Chin. It, uh, it's kind of my dream team of guys to work with, to be honest with you, for the stream. Nice. So they're all they're all legit pros um, in the industry, and I think it's going to be really cool. Should be a lot of fun, and we're going to have great matches. Every match is going to be good. We have sixteen of the best players in the world, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it really does sound exciting. That's going to be a big damn deal. All that stuff that's going on out there. It's uh well, and I guess it's it's just uh, um, it's easy to think of the fall winter time as as a as a busy time for pool, but how with the uh, 
this coming up, and then there's the BCA show with its Junior Nationals, and Team USA is supposed to be there too. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah. You know, that was always the problem, uh, you know, when I was doing car events. People would ask me, well, how come you can't get this guy to play this guy or that guy to play this guy? <laughs> and what's ridiculous is if you start looking for weekends, it's tough to find. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot more that goes on, you know, it seems like, you know, I've had that thing too, like, well, damn, I, I can't put anything together because there's something on every weekend, it seems like. <laughs> right. Especially when you start taking into account international events. Yeah. You know, like these guys have been overseas now. They were in China. The players yeah. were in China, like uh, Daz, Shane, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey are in Thailand now for like 10 days, and then they're going somewhere else. Right. So, you know, that basically takes them out for a month. Yeah. So, yeah. It's very it's, true. Uh, yeah, there's a lot... There, there is a lot going on, that's for sure. It's a, it's a good problem, I suppose, to have, uh, you know, given these mm-hmm. guys uh, 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 good practice and good work and at least opportunities to make some money for their time, uh, you know, at the very least, anyway, uh, for yep. some of them. We've been trying to get a hold of, it's funny you mentioned uh, them being overseas. We've been trying to get a hold of Shane for a couple of weeks now, and he's nowhere to be found in the United States, so I guess we'll have Correct. to stick yeah. it out for a little while. Um. So, uh, no problems there, CSI. You, you uh, obviously still involved with the the, the podcast that they do. Um, yep. What um, do you see yourself be getting back in front of the camera anytime soon? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, probably, at some point, I would guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I know. I don't know how it would happen or if it'll happen in, in that role. But I mean, I would guess if I'm around, I'll ah uh, see. Probably stick my head up. We should do, you know, like uh, an ed- you should do an editorial segment, you know, where you get to just <laughs> <laughs> you pick something Brand. and yeah, just pick something and go off and say, and that's the way Justin thinks about it. So <laughs> shut the hell up, all right? You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> you know what really grinds my yep. gears? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter Griffin style. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's the last few months I've kind of been focusing on just doing. We've been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff sure. with uh, CSI, a lot of it for July. Yeah. Um, a lot of coordination and getting some stuff ready. And we're really looking to do something cool with the stream yeah. that, uh, you know, just production quality-wise. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be cool. And then there's a lot of moving parts to that, to that event that, you know, it, it sounds... You know, kind of silly to say, well, you know, people don't know, people don't know what it takes. And, you know, they really shouldn't know what it takes, you know, but they're not supposed to. They're just supposed to show up and have a good time and go home and right. never realize exactly. what it took to make it happen. Right. Uh, if we do our job right, you know, that's how it goes. True. But, uh, you know, doing little things like, you know, we're going to have a stream in the room again this year uh, for everybody that, that's there. They can just, anywhere, you know, in the hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. They just turn it on and watch it on your television. Yeah, that's and awesome. we we we're really going to try and maximize because that's such a unique opportunity um, oh. for us as content producers, yeah. as well as the uh, the people who are supporting the tournament and the events. Because you know, really nowhere else do they have a direct access, you know, into a guy's hotel room at any other event like that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try to come up with some innovative ways to support those guys 
using that that medium, you know, saying, hey, you know, come down to booth XYZ, you know, Predator or OB or whoever, you know, and and check out this or that. And it's, you know, it cuts right there. Mm -hmm. You can say, look, come downstairs. We're right here. We're doing this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 This is very true. uh, Yeah. It's, that's the kind of thing we're working on. And and like I said, just kind of sorting through. It's always, I've been, what have I been in Vegas? I guess 09 would have been my first July in here, the okay. first tournament. Okay. So this will be like the fifth year. Nice. And every year from about June, uh, maybe second second week in May until the tournament, it's just everyone in the office is just going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, and then, right, right. And then, you know, and the thing is, they have to completely tear the office apart, move it to the Rio, and then you do the tournament. And then you got to bring it all back and put it all back together. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this should be good. But I'm excited about uh, the CSI thing, man. I was, you know, I was ready after we decided to, to wrap Tar up. I was ready to go. I was, I was done with pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had had some discussions with, you know, I, I met Ozzy Reynolds, the CSI manager. I really got to talk to him you know, in depth for the first time at the bar table championships in February. And I was really impressed with a lot of things he had to say. And not only that, but his background. And, uh, he kind of came to me and, and mentioned that, you know, he would like me to come on board and he thought together we could do some good things. And, uh, you know, honestly, Ozzy's the reason why I decided to, to come on board with CSI and stick around is because, I think he's got the right outlook, I mean, in my opinion, you know, to get things done. Mm-hmm. And he's got a proven track record outside of the industry sure. um, and, and actually getting things done. And I think, you know, and, and you know, Mark is ready to kind of kind of step aside and go do, you know, relax a little bit, which I think is overdue. You know, for as much as he's done the last sure, yeah. thirty years in the game, yeah, exactly. And and I know that you know, Mark is is going to give Ozzy, you know, the resources that are available to do, you know, some what needs to be done. What needs to be done, and, right? Yeah, and so I'm excited about it, man. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be anything overnight, but it's one of the things I'm seeing in the game that. You know, things are bad right now, but at the same time, if you look around, you kind of see that the people who are who are sticking around that are trying to create some things exactly um, they're going to start slow because you know whatever you do has to be self sustaining, or it's basically just charity at the whim of somebody saying, "Okay, I don't want to pay for this anymore." Right, right. And uh, so, but overall, it's really good. I'm excited about it. It's it's a good thing, and and I think we're all I can speak for most people and say that we're glad that you stuck around too. I think that you uh, you're obviously talented, talented and experienced, and uh, there's not too many people that can fill that that bill just hand picking them off the street, you know. So with that I being, appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's no problem, no problem. I I've been a, a fan of uh, what you guys do and have done, and I think that it, you'd be hard pressed to find a better institution. To, to be in bed with than CSI. I mean, they just 
they do it all and they do it the right way for the most, as best as it can be done. So, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that's one thing that, uh, you know, I'm, that really, you know, I was, was impressed with Ozzy about was he and I have kind of a similar point of view on, you know, if there's a knock on CSI in the past, it's been they try to do too much. Sure. Um, it's, you know, it's, there's, you got a finite amount of resources and, you know, you try to do probably, in my opinion, more than what should be done. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Ozzy and I agree that, you know, certain things need to be focused on and, and really, you know, pushed and, and, and in order to build something sustainable for the future. Right. And right. that's something that I, I've kind of, you know, uh, behind the scenes I've been pretty outspoken about. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he and I see eye to eye on a lot of that. And, you know, he's just seeing what he's, you know, he's only been around for, I don't know, maybe six months, not even that. Mm-hmm. But the changes that he's made have been impressive. And it's, like I said, it's not things people are going to see yet. But, you know, it's it's things where, you know, for example, you've got a process for a league thing. And in order to do this process right now, it takes two people touching paper six times to get this process completed. Right. You know, right. Ozzy came in and, and now maybe they only touch it twice or maybe they don't even do it anymore because they found a way not to do it. Yeah. You know, those kind of things are extremely important yeah. because, you know, with, with the small businesses like all throughout pool, you know, you've only got so much time and so much money and the more fat you can cut out, and then that allows you to repurpose those resources and time right. and do right. things that people really are going to see and notice. Right. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think in the, over the next coming years, you'll see uh, some good things out of CSI. And I think this nationals event with this new format, um, these challenge matches, I think it's going to be a glimpse of, of some of what, what's going to come in the future and mm-hmm. kind of a new way of doing things, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I see it. Um, I see that being not just economically more sound, but as far as um, uh, you know, and this is such a controversial issue as far as um, the professionalism involved. But I think it, um, you know, it's the difference between holding a wedding in a junkyard and holding a wedding in a church. And right. <laughs> in a church, you know, you, you in a church you can control the environment. Uh, that's not to make some kind of comparison to religion, but there's an expectation of reverence to something in a church, whereas in a junkyard, there, you know, it doesn't. So, if you guys, you know, bring the game indoors, give it a bath, and put a fresh new suit on it, then it will, you know, behave itself a lot better than. Uh, uh, leaving it out there, the junkyard for anybody to do with it what they want to do. So, um, that was my stupid, pa- <laughs> stupid comparison of the day for you. Um, I'm gonna take a quick break, real fast, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about uh, your feelings on the Moscone Cup team for this year. All right. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah. yeah. All 
All right, and we're back, and I'm talking with uh, Justin Collette of CSI. So, um, Justin, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with it, but uh, this year the uh, Moscone Cup team obviously has not been selected according to a ranking system, but has yep. been uh, they've had an, a coach assigned, Mark Wilson, who has selected eight players um, from which to pull down to a final five. What do you yep. think about um, that particular process of creating a team? Is that uh, um, good, bad, ugly? I think it's I think it's outstanding, and I think it shows really kind of the genius and foresight of Matchroom, Gary Herm, Luke Riches. Um, their team that they decided to go that route because it's, I mean, you got to have a tremendous amount of faith in a guy and, and willingness to, to stand, you know, because nobody knows how this is going to turn out. Right. So for them to come out as early as they did and say, this is how we're going to do this, um, I think that takes a lot of guts. And, and I'm, I, for one, am behind them 100%. And I think they picked probably the only guy in the United States who <laughs> is suited to do it, and Mark Wilson. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've known Mark for uh, since probably late 90s, early 2000, when, and I first met him when I took a, an ins- some instruction from him in the clinic that uh, Jeanette Lee had put together. And um, I, I was really sold on him when I first initially met him, and since then I, I consider him a friend now. I've been able to, to speak with him and, and spend some time with him. And uh, he's got he's got what it takes to do what I think Matrim wants done. Um, he, he's got, you know, his outlook is similar to the Europeans, and that is cool as sport. Um, you know, in the U.S., better or worse, you know, it's, it's almost a gambling game. Right, um, right. The Europeans don't view it like that. Um, they view it as sport. They they train for it. You know their mindset. And one of the biggest, if you talk to any of the European Moscone Cup players, you know all of them will get will show tremendous respect for their coach Johan and say that you know he's a big reason why they've had the success they've had and what he does with that team, um, how he motivates them, and, and just how he runs the whole show. Mm-hmm. And it's. I've had some long conversations with Darren Appleton about that dynamic, and it's you know it's obvious when you talk to these guys that it was there really is something there. Mm-hmm. And in the past with the USA, you know, it's been player captains for the most part, or right. you know, it's just it's never been that real team. You know, it's been five fingers. It hasn't been a fist. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess that's one way, one way to put it. Right. Um, and to me, you know, the last room guys decided after last year's performance, which you really can't do any worse, um, that they were going to make a change. And, and like I said, I think it took a lot of, a lot of guts to, to do what they did. And I'm, for one, excited about it. And as far as how they chose the team and let Mark choose the team, um, and whether, you know, I'm, I'm sure Mark got to pick. I'm sure Matchroom said, hey, you know, 
chain's going to play <laughs> you know, or whatever. And, but it's, you know, if you look at the guys he picked, you know, I like them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I like the mix. I like the mix of young and old. Um, right, right. You know, there's certain guys. I mean, I think Shane is, I mean, you know, Brandon, in my opinion, he's the best rotation game player in the world mm-hmm. until somebody from Taiwan smokes him or something like that that I've never seen before. <laughs> but uh, if that happens. But, um, and then you've got, you know, Schmitty and, and Corey. And I've always been a big fan of Corey. I'm I'm a mark for Corey. I mean, he's. I think when he's motivated and wants to win, he's, he's naturally talented, probably as any player in the country. Right, um, right, right. And you know, with the young guys, I think that's where Mark Wilson really shines mm-hmm. because he is the guy. I mean, he can motivate people, you know, and if they will listen to him. And they will follow through and buy into what he's selling. Uh-huh. Um, no matter the results, it's going to be a good thing for pool in general. Right. And I, I just hope people aren't. You know, I, I think they're. I absolutely think they're going to do better than last year's team. Sure. But you know, and I think they're probably going to do better than a lot of people are going to give them credit for. But mm-hmm. you know, I just hope people, you know, give this enough time, and I hope Matchroom is able. To, to kind of give this process uh, enough time to mature, and by that I mean more than one year. Right, um, right, right. And, you know, I mean, for example, like I, I haven't been following it on the forums, but I've been following up through Facebook and through the players' posts and, and through Mark's posts. And, um, you know, he, he's got... Uh, just seeing the things like they went out to, you know, San Diego and they, they did the things with the retired SEAL kind of a motivational thing. They did some promotional things out there and did some charity events. You know, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's really never, at least that I've known, anything like that, a bonding, if you will, trip has ever been done. Right. So that right there, we're six months away from the event, and they know they're going to cut this team down to five. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, you know, everybody involved, the players, the coaches, you know, they all deserve a lot of respect mm-hmm. for buying into this system and going forward with it. Right. And, you know, overall, I think it's a super positive thing for pool, and I'm behind it 100%. And, you know, I understand people saying, well, you know, they shouldn't be able to handpick. They should be, able, but, you know, to me, it goes back to, okay, you're going to do ranking events. Well, how do you do ranking events when you don't have any events to rank? Right. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to do a $1,500 added regional tournament for a Moscone Cup scoring event? Right, you know? right, exactly. I mean, how are you supposed so, to rank them? And well, not just that, Justin, but you know as well as I do that things, different events, pay out different amounts. So it's not even you can't even take the money list and go by that, you know, because exactly. you might have won five grand on one thing, but then two for a higher price title. But you know, right. exactly. so I it's mean, just to wonky. Me it comes, it, it, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, just saying, it's just wonky, and uh, and I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that a ranking system doesn't make sense. I'm just saying sure. that we clearly have an issue with that right now, and this was naturally the next best thing. If it's not even better than the ranking system, because it puts it puts a whole level, a whole different level of pressure on people um, to know that 
okay, you've got your in, but you can still screw it up before the we're all, you know what I mean? Before this is all said and done, you still might be riding the pine. So, well, I mean, to me, you look, you know, when I see this, uh, you know, it's, it's similar to how they pick Olympic teams. Right. You know, you draw, you know, you you invite who you want, you have your tryouts, you have your, your camp, and then you pick the guys you're going to go with. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, this this thing that Matchroom is doing, I think if it works in 15 years, will be looked back upon as the start of the next generation, the next era, if you will, for pro pool in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to start somewhere. And when you start things, you know, you don't always start the way you want to end up. You know, ideally, yeah, you would have a ranking system and you could have qualifiers to play into these exactly. events. Exactly, exactly. You know, ideally perfect. But you know what? you, you, you got to crawl before you can run. Right. And, you know, I think Matchroom, like I said, I just, I can't say enough good about having the foresight and the determination and, and the guts to make this call mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. roll with it. Because, you know, when they made this decision back early this year, you know, they didn't know, they still don't know how it's going to turn out. Right. But, you know, based on the guys they picked and that Mark picked, you know, I like the way it looks. And I think uh, another good thing is some of, the, some of these young players, you know, this is the first thing they're able to be a part of that gives them some drive for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that makes them think that, you know, the game of pool itself hasn't just left them behind. Right. You know, that, that there's, that there is something there for them. And definitely, definitely. You know, and, and it's done the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you know, it, I just, for what Moscone Cup is and what it means uh, to pool, especially now, because really, honestly, there's not much left. Um, and I think it's a pillar that other things can be built around. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think it's really important, and I think it's really good <clears throat> what they've done. And I look forward to it. And I think they're going to put on a good show. And not only that, and more importantly, they're going to provide a product that American fans are going to be proud to root for. Right. And to say, you know what? Right. Yeah. Right. I support guys. Right, and an an event that can be supported um, from teenagers all the way up to senior citizens. You know what I mean? This is not, it's not a specific demographic that they're trying to uh, emulate or impress. They're they're going for the whole demographic. Anybody can get into the U.S. versus Europe or a team-sponsored event like this. It's a a great cause, and it's a, um, it, it is just an astounding event. It, you're right. It's a pillar. I wish that all the events were like that. <laughs> that would be pretty damn and, nice. Yeah, and one thing that, that, you know, I think, you know, I've been vocal about it. Griffin's been vocal about it. And I think one thing, you know, about, you know, player conduct and how they carry themselves. And it's easy for people um, to just rail on some of the players and say, oh, that guy's acting like this and that guy's acting like that. And it's it take it on a negative tone. And one of the things that I'm really happy about with this Moscone Cup selection is 
you know, now it's not just a stick beating, beating these players over the head saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that, and don't do this, you know. It's not that. Now there's that carrot out there that says, hey, if you do the right thing, if you do this, there are opportunities. You know, right. you're going to get to play out of Muscogee Cup. Right. You know? So, and, and I think just that, that paradigm shift of absolutely instead of just, you know, telling them don't do this, you know, saying, you know, incentives are the most powerful motivator in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if a guy gets X, whether he acts one way or acts another way, there's really no motivation there to change anything. Exactly. He's going to get the same thing no matter what happens. Right. But, you know, if it's a known fact that, you know, look, if, if, you know, if, if, you're, if you have this persona, it doesn't really matter how a guy is in private. Right. I mean, he can be one way or the other. Right. You know, but, you know, if, you, if, if you're viewed as a professional, you carry yourself the right way, you know, social media, things like that, you know, you're not showing your ass out there. Right. Handle your image. Right. Yes, exactly. And up until this point, it, it has been kind of a, a, a double, you know, edged sword. That's not the analogy I'm looking for. But it's been a double standard, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Sure. It's been a double standard for pros because, you know, these, you know, here people are saying, you know, you have to carry yourself like a professional and do this and do that and do this. But yet, there's really no, you know, why. There's really nothing out there for him anyway. Yeah, and what if I don't? So you know what I mean? <laughs> right, exactly. If I don't, I'm still going to go pay my entry fee and pay and play in the same tournaments. Right. You know, and it's so that's that's kind of fed into this whole thing. And I think we've actually seen we're in the middle of it now. Is this kind of? Uh, it's not a revolution. It's well, more, it's an it's an yeah. attitude adjustment. It, it's an attitude adjustment. Yeah, you know. That, 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 by and, and it's flows, yeah. By the invitationals and by, um, you know, even whether or not it stays permanent, this arrangement with the coach and the team uh, from Moscone Cup, um, these things. It's a major statement. Yes, it's, it's a, a major statement. statement saying that you know what. So what if you're an excellent player? There's lots of excellent players. Exactly. You know, we're well, looking. We're looking to that, take it a step further than that. You know, and that's something that. You know, I've I've told players before and young players. Um, you know, I said, "Look, man, playing great just gets you a seat at the table, gets you an invitation. You know, you get to walk in the room mm-hmm. because you know what? Everybody plays great. Mm-hmm. So it's what you do with it from there um, that separates. You know, who gets the invites, who gets the opportunities." You know, right. things like that. Right. So, right. And not only that, but it's what you do once you get those opportunities. Right. Um, I could tell you all kinds of horror stories about people that have invited players to do charity events or exhibitions, and you know, and, and you know, guys show up drunk. Uh, they don't show up at all. They show up late. I mean, you know, they they they, they talk, you know, they insult fans, things like that. I mean, and what happens is after years and years of that conduct, you know, the people who pay the money, the room owners, you know, the fans, things like that, 
they get turned off. And now the opportunities just dry up because nobody cares. Right, exactly. And, and that's unfortunately <clears throat> what today's players are dealing with, are having to fade, is that legacy of the last 30 years right. in this game. Right. And most of the, the young players now, and you know, they get it. They see it. And, and you know they understand that if they do the same thing that's always been done, they're going to get the same thing they've always got. Mm-hmm. So the smart ones understand it and do their best to uh, to, to try, you know, to do the smart thing, right. and that is to grow the game and make people, you know, want to be around them and want to support them. Right, exactly. That we need to increase the respect level because um, it's just, well, it's just like you described. They they have, uh, and 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 I'm not picking on any particular person or era. I'm just saying that it has gotten to the point where they had nobody to answer to for so long that this seems like a big shocker, you know, to threaten somebody with invitationals or not getting a spot on a team, even though they might be statistically qualified. You know, um, hey, but you know what, man, that's, that's the real world. Right, exactly. You know? That's I mean, what I'm saying. When you go bid on a job, you know, I mean, it's, you know, or anything, you know. Well, using using the job analogy is a perfect example, okay? Um, You know, here's, I got five spots to fill. Here, I got, you know, 25 candidates. And, well, goddamn, you know, they could have identical resumes as far as what they've accomplished or how well they play on a table. So then you start having to narrow it down based on, on what might seem at first to be nitpicky stuff. Well, okay, right. this guy, you know, he's a little rowdy, or this guy's, uh, you know, dresses like a slob. Well, heck, you gotta narrow it down somehow. You know what I mean? So, um, the my intent was to point out that Mark Wilson's job is not easy for that fact alone. He's got to be the one, just like Matchroom went out on a limb. He's going out on a limb, putting himself in that position and going, okay. You just have oh, to yeah. trust me on this, okay? Oh, yeah. And not, yeah. first of all, that's hard enough for you to do as it is. Now I've got the weight of the damn world on my shoulders having to pick this team and get them ready. Number two hard job is how do you discriminate, like I said, between those 25 resumes and go, yeah, man, this guy's really awesome, but this guy is too. How does that you know, feed into the big picture? So... Um, I, I, I don't loathe or I don't uh, I'm not jealous of that position that Mark is in because that cannot be easy to do that. Um, well, and that's why I said I think he's the one guy. Right. I mean, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I think he's the one guy that is objective enough and unbiased enough. You know, I mean that he, he you know Mark's not going to play any favorites. No. I mean he's going to put the best five guys that he can out there. And he's going to put the best team he can. And, you know, I don't, I have no clue who the final five are going to be. Right. But, you know, I, I do, I do based on, you know, knowing Mark, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that he will make a tough choice if he has to, and he will stand behind it. I'm hoping, you know, that the toughest choice he has to make 
is that all eight guys are awesome, and the, the choice is going to come down to how do you pick five guys out of all eight great ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I hope that's the case. Um, I, I if, if I had to guess, my guess is the determining factor is going to be how well those guys can play as a team, mm-hmm. how they can function, you know, their attitudes. And, and something I don't know how he's going to recreate because I don't even think it's possible. I know, right? <laughs> is how do guys function under pressure? Right. You know, because, right. you know, like last year, you look at Earl, as soon as the pressure gets on, he falls apart and he embarrasses his team. And, you know, he's just like, he was a cancer on that team. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care how good a guy plays. He can win every game he plays and still hurt the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's something that I've got a lot of faith in Mark Wilson that no matter what, when the time comes to make that choice, he will put the best five men together mm-hmm. to form a team. Right. And once again, it's it's going to be a team, I think, that, you know, me as a fan, I, I, I won't have a problem saying, you know, I support this team. Absolutely. They represent, you know, my country. Exactly. Um, and honestly, that's not something I've been able to say for the last few years. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the whole Moscone Cup thing. You know, big, big, big props to Matchroom. Mark Wilson, all the players, um, and I'll support it any way I can. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I agree with you. The team is, is um, hey, you know, they don't have all the bells and whistles, but that team is solid, and I don't think that there's any, you know, and the way that the competition actually is, the game and the setup, with that team, there's no reason why it couldn't go either way, really, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, marathon matches and we're not talking about, you know, snooker or something, you know, it's mm-hmm. and not to somebody's going to get mad for me saying this, but it's just nine ball, you know, and yeah. it, this is not rocket science unleashed. So mm-hmm. I think we have a solid team and and uh, hell, I'm behind. Well, them. You know, to me, the Moscone Cup is all about one thing. It's performing under pressure. Yes. And. To a certain extent, you know, luck is a big factor. Luck is a big big factor. Right, right, Um, right. But for the most part, it's about pressure. Right. It's it's uh, the mind game, absolutely. Because there's no room to really make up for mistakes. Right. You know, you make one mistake and that's exactly it. You're done. That's exactly Uh, it. So it's and that's what makes it fun to watch is you know it's about that performing under pressure. And that's one thing where the Europeans, man, their mindset, mm-hmm. that look at it as sport. Um, they and, and here's another important thing with the Europeans. They buy in 100% to the team concept. Yeah. You know, yeah. They buy in. They believe. And, you know, that's you can see the results that has. Mm-hmm. The Americans, I know for a fact, they never bought it, you know, and that's because they've really never had a leader before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough. You know, Archer did his best, but it's tough for a guy to be a player captain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it, it's tough for a guy to be a leader when he's viewed as a peer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 
Exactly. So that's that's a tough spot to put a guy in and expect, you know, hard decisions to be made. No sport really does that. You know, you have a coach, you have an authority figure that makes decisions, and, you know, the heat or, you know, glory, he, he takes it no matter how it comes. But so I, I think that's one of the things, you know, matchroom small problem. They fixed it, you know, and they've tried different things. You know, they tried having Charlie Williams as coach, which was a disaster. Um, <laughs> but you know, you got to respect them because you know they're they're not just doing the same thing. They're looking for an answer, and they're putting their their time, their money, their resources right, right. behind trying to find one. Exactly. And it's uh, personally, you know, I don't know if it's going to work. I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say, you know, I think. USA is an even money favorite to win the Moscone Cup. Yeah. I don't think anybody's that foolish. Sure. But, you know, I don't care if they win. As long as they go out and, and you know, put on a performance before the event, during the event, that makes me be able to look at somebody from outside a pool and say, hey, those guys represent us, the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, look at those guys, how, you know, how they how they perform, win or lose, how they perform. Right. Uh, if they do that, it's 100% successful. And if they win, that's just a bonus. Yep. But, you know, to me, that's what this year is about. I agree. Totally agree. And I've actually said that I, I argued that point on the forum, you know, said that I, and I'll say this real quick and then I got to get out of here. They, we were talking about uh, the, who could have been on the team versus who is on the team and, and how some people didn't get picked, that blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think it's proper to um, lower your standards of integrity just to increase your ability to win. I would rather lose with dignity than to win with my skirt over my head. You know, so that's uh, like you said. I I will be proud no matter what happens over there with that team. And we wish him the best of luck. Thanks a lot, Justin, for talking with me, man. I appreciate it. Um, we're gonna have cool. to, yeah, we'll have to keep in touch and uh, and ramble some more about some some different topics, and uh, maybe we can do that editorial segment we were talking about. So, <laughs> <laughs> let me know, man. <laughs> All right, ready to go. Call right. the crabby ass. Later, All right, take care. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Scott Lee. I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. The One Minute Pool Instructor. And this week, we're going to discuss cue ball quantification. 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 Um, By dictionary, that means to put a value, a numerical value to something. That's right. And we talk a lot about quantification in the way we teach, in all manner. But we're going to talk about cue ball. Discuss cue ball quantification today. So let's... uh, Tell us a little bit about that, Randy. Well, when I'm working with students, uh, top, left, bottom, right, 
those are, are terms depending on where you're standing on the cue ball. I get confused because I'm usually on the other side of their cue ball. Right. So my initial instructions are let's divide the cue ball into a clock. And then we've got a, a 12 o'clock high, noon, all right? That's the top axis of the cue ball, a 6 o'clock where the cue ball would sit on the felt, and a 9 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Those would be my four major uh, uh, reference points. But in there, we can talk about 11 o'clock or 11.30 just as easy. So by numerically quantifying our cue ball, we immediately can talk about where do we strike the cue ball for a certain shot. Now, that goes on, Scott, in, in about using what most people say a tip above center, two tips above center. Once again, I have a little problem with that, but how do you see that? Well, I see it the same way. Uh, in addition to that, many people uh, involuntarily elevate their cue stick. And so they, they believe they have a level cue, but in effect they're actually hitting down on the ball because of a visual misperception. All of us, uh, unless we had our, our cheek on the table, very difficult to actually right. see what we uh, think is center ball because we're looking at it from a skewed view. How do you measure your Q-tips on the cue ball? If, if you tell me I strike this one tip below center, how does that correspond with how I see it? Well, I tried to explain that the, the uh, Jacksonville experiment proved that the size of the contact point between the tip and the ball is only an eighth of an inch or three millimeters. Yeah, not even that. Is it 2.755555 or so? Okay, three millimeter, I get it. Yeah. So on, on the average cue ball, uh, you're going to have dead center, three tip positions above center, three tip positions below center, as well as three right and three left. Mathematically, you mean three. If, if you're using uh, um, how many three millimeters can I put on a cue ball? Well, that's about it. it, it three. You're going, you're going about uh, 10 millimeters up from maximum yeah. high to maximum low okay. uh, off of center. So about 10 millimeters or and you divide those into half an inch. Into three or, right. or okay. Yeah, that's how I do it too, by the way. Mm -hmm. I've got, I don't call them tips. I, I just call them measurements or clicks. Well, and it happens to correspond with the uh, red circle cue ball. If you look yeah. at the white inside the red circle, that's the actual size of the contact patch. Even when you break and there's a big blue dot on the cue ball that's chalk blowback, it does not change the size of the contact patch between the tip and the ball, which remains consistent and constant whether you're hitting the edge of the ball or the middle of the ball, whether you're hitting it easy or hitting it hard. So we, we can literally then by numbering the cue ball um, tell them which direction, ask them which direction to go in, and ask them how far we, they, they need to go for this type of shot. Exactly. Up, up or down, below what that fictional center line. And then yeah. how to experiment using those different tip positions to find out for yourself what kind of action do you get on the ball. So if you are absolutely level, which is what? Practically impossible. Almost impossible. You're and always gonna and have then the you would still have to find a vertical and horizontal center Right. You could actually hit center cue ball. Yeah. Man, that, I bet I've never done that in my life. Oh, you have to at some point because if, if you're uh, close between the cue ball and the object ball, 
you're you're virtually and you're playing a stop shot you're virtually hitting almost dead center yeah if you're close if right you're close right yeah. and uh, so uh, again if you start elevating the cue you may change where center ball is yeah actually I think it was Bob Jewett who told me once that for every three degrees of elevation you lose a tip position absolutely so that's uh, another reason for uh, A equals E. Yeah, yeah. Air equals air. Air or equals air or. Level Q. This right. is Randy G. This is Scott Lee, and thanks for joining us for this week's One Minute Pool Instructor. Next week, we're going to be talking about tournament preparation. Yeah, Merrick, we're going to discuss it, and, and it's a pretty good one. If I was you, I'd get back in next week. We'll see you then. Everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Go Play Pool app featured room of the week right here on American Billiard Radio. Today I am talking to Sherry Elliott at Chrome Billiards in Little Rock, Arkansas. How are you, Sherry? Good. Actually, it's North Little Rock. I'm sorry? It's actually North Little Rock. Oh, North Little Rock. All right. I didn't, I, uh, I didn't know there was a difference, but... I guess there's actually, yeah, there's two different places. Two <laughs> different, okay. <laughs> All right, so we're in North Little Rock at Chrome Billiards. Uh, so, Sherry, why don't you let everybody know a little bit about Chrome Billiards and a little history on the room, what it's about. Uh, we've been there for eight years. Um, in the last three, four years, we've added um, all diamond tables. So we have eight diamond seven-foot tables and two nine-foot diamond tables, all with the most cloth. We have um, we try to have like a, a monthly open nine ball tournament where anybody can come and play. We always had five hundred dollars at thirty two players. We have weekly tournaments on Friday nights where our lower players can come and play. And we have a break and run contest that we do, and then we have random scotch doubles tournaments that we do throughout the month. And everything is advertised on our Facebook and on our website. Do you guys do pool leagues or anything in there? Yes. Yes. I actually own the Tap League, and we have Tap League there up two nights, Monday and Thursday. Um, we support all the leagues, though. We have APA that plays on Tuesday, and we do BCA on Wednesday, except during the summertime. And right now, we have an open non-ball tournament in place of that while everybody's off for the summer. All right. Well, that's cool. You own the Tap League, too. You're a busy lady, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So what else do you guys do in there? You guys uh, have any extra other other games or anything that you do? We actually play Free Texas Hold'em on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And, I mean, other than that, you know, we have lots of TVs and we can watch sporting events. And we are actually getting ready to remodel when we're wanting to do some new things there. But that's not going to be coming for another month or two. Oh, cool. You guys, uh, you guys for food or anything? Oh, yeah. we Yes, we have a really great menu. Matter of fact, we probably sell more food than we do beer and liquor. Yes, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite item on your menu? Well, my probably my my favorite and probably the the best one we have is what we call over the top tots, which is uh, tater tots, and it's got seasoned ground beef with cheese just poured over the top of it and jalapenos. It's really good. Oh man, that does sound tasty. You're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, do you guys have any special events coming up or anything? Any big tournaments? Um, uh, one for this month is we're having a open scotch doubles, which means any two players can play together. And it's on June 22nd, which is a Sunday. 
and it's going to be an $80 entry fee, and that includes the green fee. Nice. And I wish we were a little bit closer. <laughs> I can't play that. Where are you guys at? We're in California. Yeah. <laughs> a little far. <laughs> I know. I saw. I saw on your website about that uh, the break and run pot. That thing is huge. Yeah, that's on our that's on our Friday night tournament. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, pretty much we are the. I mean, we are the place where most of your players come to play. I mean, we definitely have a lot of action on certain nights. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to come down there and try to play somebody, that's the place to come. All right. Well, guys, you know if you're if you're in. Uh, area of North Little Rock, Arkansas, make sure you go down and check out Chrome Billiards because it sounds like uh, sounds like you're really taking care of everybody down there, Sherry. We do uh, our All right. Well, uh, we're going to have the limited profile up for these guys on our app, so check it out. You'll be able to uh, find their location and get in touch with them and find out what's going on. Check it out. It's the Go Play Pool app. It's free to download on Android and iOS, and there's a ton of great stuff on there. We just uh, we just added a whole segment with drills and videos, and and uh, so you can spend hours on there learning new shots and new techniques. So check that out. It's free again. And Sherry, thank you for getting on the phone with me today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know I know your your schedule is probably crazy hectic, so. I will let you go and get back to what you were doing. And uh, thank, you again, thank you again for, for taking the time to let us know about Chrome Billiards. Uh, why don't you uh, real quick remind everybody or let everybody know where you're located and how they can get in touch with you. We're at 2710 Pike Avenue in North Little Rock. And we're on Facebook, of course, under Chrome Billiards. And our website is www.chromebilliards.net. All right, Sherry. Well, thank you again, and and you have a great day, okay? All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Go Play Pool app featured room of the week right here on American Billiards Radio. Join us next time. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is Mark Kentrell, the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And this week, my goal was to finish our series of interviews with the potential, eight potential Moscone Cup uh, USA team players. And the only one left is Shane Van Boning, and Shane's out of the country, so it's not as easy to get done as I would like we will get to do that uh, in the next couple of weeks, probably after World Nine Bowl. But Team USA is still out there, still doing some real special things. And so I've got team captain, Mr. Mark Wilson, on the line with me. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, good afternoon, everybody, and uh, hello to you, Mark. Hey, you know, you guys have, uh, you, you do your best to stay busy. Keep uh, the bond in and learning growing with the uh, different things that you've been doing. And I guess a few weeks ago you were in San Diego uh, at the 
what you did the Navy Seals and uh, you did some charitable events and some team play. How did that all work for you? Well, uh, given the, how many moving parts that were involved, it, it, had, it was ripe for a catastrophe, but it couldn't have done better. Um, partly because we have a kind of a good team there and that's, uh, everybody was excited. The uh, many people have already heard about it, but I will give you a little bit of insight into what happened. We had a team meeting on Thursday night. Everybody flew in. Everybody was a little ragged from the wear and tear of travel. And uh, the meeting was just an overview of what we were expecting the plans for the rest of the year to contain and what the criteria for selection to the ultimate five would be and how we're going to go about that. And that lasted about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Then we all got up and had a 7 a.m. meeting with our cohort. Is that 7 a.m.? 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They were instructed to not bring their suntan lotion if they thought that's what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, we did, and uh, that went over good, <laughs> even though there was some misgivings about the early hour, but that's just the way things operate out there. And so we had a, a, a meeting, and then we all uh, met uh, our uh, mentor, who's a retired Navy SEAL, Amir Pishdad, and a uh, tremendous guy. And he got us out there for breakfast, and then we went on the base. And uh, he was denied uh, maybe as many as five or six different times to even get us because many it's not open to the public, and many other sports teams want this type of training and uh, a look at what uh, work ethic and unity and brotherhood sacrifice means. And uh, he finally, the base commander was out of town. It was Memorial Day weekend, and he was at SOCOM, which is in Tampa. SOCOM is Special Operations Command for the U.S. And he was out of town, and none of the juniors would allow him to have permission, so he contacted him there, and he said, weren't you denied five or six times? And he said, sir, you trained me to be persistent. And thus we got uh, what we needed to get out of that day. And it was a uh, first-hand look at what it really takes. So everybody was extremely motivated and, I must say, inspired, but also um, in the, the meeting room that we were in, it was a uh, it was a conference room, and it's not a public place. It's where, you know, uh, briefings go down to admirals and base commanders about whatever type of a mission there might be, and decisions are made. And along the wall is all pictures of SEALs that have been killed in action, and uh, the junior commander that gave us our... Uh, speech, lasted about an hour, uh, mentioned six of the guys pictured on the wall were people that were directly under his command operating out of that base. And so he gave you a great sense of reverence also for the people that have made the ultimate sacrifice. And so uh, naturally that what we do is nothing like that, but it is very, very inspiring, but also maybe just a little, uh, gives you a little sense of, of reality too, what our right. conditions those guys train for. So that was very good, and we had a great time out there. And then we went to uh, uh, a place for lunch, and they had a pool table there. And, and while we were there, we had a nice lunch, and then everybody wanted us to play pool because the mirror is real outgoing. We got the patronage there excited. And they had absolutely one of the worst bar tables I've ever seen. It was an outdated <laughs> thing. And uh, the cloth was extremely worn out, and the cue ball was oversized, and it was filthy. But we played some pool there just to generate some goodwill. And we even had a couple of the customers jump in there and uh, make a donation for the charity that we were pursuing, which was the Paralyzed Veterans of America. And it was such a cool uh, synergism, and the guys responded pretty well, and they were all joking because Oscar Dominguez makes a 
living fixing pool tables, and the guy said, Oscar, is this one of the tables you did? And <laughs> just because it was so horrible. So we all had a pretty good sense of humor about that. But it was a very, very inspiring day. And then uh, we went out for dinner that evening, and we had a, followed it up with a deep over what all went on that day and what to expect in the morning. And then that brought us to Saturday morning when we had a clinic in the afternoon. Most of my guys were anticipating but uncertain and a little bit nervous about how we were going to conduct that, so we had a meeting regarding that. And we had pretty good support. We probably had 100 to 150 people showing up, and uh, everybody had a good time. And one of the best things was that uh, the players all worked together, and you could see they were very proud because the people that turned up gave them a great deal of adulation and uh, everybody was engaging and everybody was friendly and, and cooperative pictures and autographs and all in all we had a terrific time so that shot the afternoon out and then we had a team meeting prior to we played a Moscone Cup style match that night against uh, a group of local pros and then a couple from LA and to a man all my players played extremely well I couldn't have been prouder of their effort and I would be happy to take any, uh, you could just draw the names out of the hat, and I would be happy to take all of them uh, with me and figure that we would turn out pretty darn good. Have you uh, have you figured out at this point, based on where you are, partnerships that could potentially work for the Scotch Doubles? You know, that was really, that was one of the primary things I wanted to get done. The fans like to watch the singles, but I'm really not too worried about my players' singles play because they, they're great players and they hope they primarily do. But I definitely want to get them up to snuff on Scotch Double because there'll be so much thrown at them at the venue in terms of the uh, crazy fans and the uh, bright TV lights and all the uh, uh, requests for media attention prior to and after that they're a little bit unfamiliar with, that I want to really get them familiar with the Scotch double format so they don't have to be uh, getting over all the input that's coming into the brain. And they're still trying to figure out, let's see, is it my shot or did you shoot last or is it me or now who? So we kind of got that little bit smoothed out. So we did. We played some Scotch doubles and then we played some singles matches as well. And I don't have it all sorted out, but we certainly have some uh, baseline to work from. We do have some data collected now. And we're going to be posting some data on the website, too, or the Facebook page, the public Facebook Moscone Cup page. Right. That just came out, what, a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe? Oh, the public one was, no, less than that, probably about a week ago. And, okay. Uh, so you'll be finding stuff on there periodically as you go along. Most of the, the problem is half the guys are in China and Qatar right now. So I, I know. I know. I know. it. Yeah. Which I encourage. I'm glad about that. I'm glad they're out there. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, something, and I don't know, I'm not even going to try and begin to tell you how to do your job. I can't remember who I was talking to. It was one of your uh, players, and it was, you know, just me and them talking. And I said, what do you guys think about two days before you leave for the U.K.? Everybody sets their watches to London time and act on London time. That way, maybe the jet lag isn't is going to be an advantage. It's not going to affect you guys as much. Well, uh, I'll share this with you. We're going to all be here in St. Louis, and we're going to train the week before, and we're going to train on uh, London time. 
And so we've got a weekend prior to that. We'll have all the tables brand new, recovered, Simona, so we're used to very slick conditions. And uh, we, we think that if we get there two or three days early and with that preparation, it won't be quite as severe as it might be if you just sat out of here a day or two early. Yeah, because it's amazing how jet lag can affect your body. Mm-hmm. You, you don't, you, you don't, sometimes you're just not hungry. You, you know, you, you, you're just not hungry when you should be, and you go without eating for so long, and then, you know, it, it all plays a part. Um, so, we, we've you, you've done the the, first, the initial uh, trip with the team to the San, to San Diego, and what's next for you? What are the dates? What you're going to do? Well, uh, next up is the Billiards Trade Show, June 25th through the 27th, called the Billiards Summit, Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, most of the management team of Team USA will be there, as well as some of the players. And we have a booth space, we'll have a table, and we're there to uh, generate some community here between the manufacturing side and the playing side, and kind of just portray just what Team USA is all about. And uh, that would be, you know, we're committed to professional excellence and the personal development of the sport. And we insist, insist on, you know, world-class people playing world-class pool. That's our building blocks for sustained growth. While we're there, the, it just so happens the junior nationals are going to be held there this year. And so we definitely want to interact with some of our junior players and kind of get them on board and let them meet the team and uh, spend some time, maybe get a few training tips, maybe a few practice games, and just have a good time, have some fun, uh, give them a little bit of a special attention, because every time I deal with ESPN, they always say that we present the wrong demographic to really get real sponsorship, and they like pool, and they have sponsors that will pump money into it, but our demographic is 65-year-olds, and until we get to 25 to 45, uh, we will never able to get a real sponsor outside the industry. And so, um, you know, we've probably skipped at least one generation, if not two, and there's many other things that fall for people's time these days. Um, so so we it just all it needs is someone to care, someone to put some attention to it, so that's what we're doing there, partly. We will also be promoting our uh, mantra of the Pool Awareness Week, which takes place November 2nd through the 9th, and what that is is a uh, promotion that uh, is cost-effective. All we ask is the poor owner, league operators, manufacturers, players, please don't be apathetic. Just bring one new person to the sport, to the pool room, to the tournament, uh, let them use your cue, teach them how to draw, show them what a league is, uh, tell them about a professional player, whatever, but engage someone. And out of that, we hope to start to reverse and regrowth to the sport, and just kind of at a grassroots level. And it's, you know, there's every everything is operating on such slim margins in our sport that there's not the money out there to support any kind of a lavish promotional campaign. But something like this, all it costs you is a little bit of effort. And if we would all do it, I understand it's not going to be overwhelming overnight. But if we all did it for a few years and we all tried and we weren't apathetic. I really think that sometime, you know, you would see four or five years down the road, hey, we do have a little bit of growth, and we do have more interest, and we do have more excitement around this thing. So 
that's uh, that's what Pool Awareness Week is all about. And it's, it's a vital thing. It's a vital step. I, I was a little bit reluctant to it to begin with because you get so inundated with those ideas. People say, oh, Pool, you know, Diabetes Awareness Week and Dog Awareness Week and Secretary Week and all this. <laughs> it, gets, it gets too much, you know, and you don't even think about it. But then the more I started thinking about it, then, boy, the simple genius of the guy that came up with this, named Doug Gordon, I think you know him. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, what a great idea. You know, why not rally behind something like that? It is cost effective, even if it does seem on first glance to be your banal. It's, it's not. It, it, it's an important step. And if we all got behind it, I know that we would see the the growth that we all would like to see, you know, and, and then also that would bring the youth, and then ESPN can get back on board. And make no mistake, I'm not saying that Poole is Major League Baseball or football or something like that. But it's darn sure not spelling bees and hot dog eating and skateboards. I mean, we're much better than that. But but we have not claimed that rightful stature in the realm of sports, partly because we don't have that in, uh, influx of new, new youthful players. Right. And with the pool this week, you know, he say is a grad. Yeah, I know Doug Gordon at uh, UK and. He, you know, he's, he, I, his heart is well, 110% behind raising awareness and improving pool in the United States. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I, I'm not sure why he's so interested in the United States, being as he's European, but he's, you know, he's doing everything he can. And you can't expect it to happen overnight. And it seems like you've got the the mindset that you know it's not uh, it's going to generate interest, but the first Moscone Cups, I've, you probably could attest to it, some of the first Moscone Cups had people like Luke Richards outside trying to give tickets away so they could fill the stands. He's wild. Mm. Well, I don't know. It wasn't quite that bad. It was, it was pretty exuberant. It was, it was something unlike... Uh, any of us had ever experienced before, and that's what I brought to the uh, one of the meetings that we had in San Diego was just that very thing that uh, no matter how much, even if you played in it before, um, you, you can't play for this. But when we went, it was kind of blind. We didn't know how big of a thing it would be, and it was first class all the way, and it was first rate, and the promotion had been well thought out and executed in the setting, and the, it was. There was nothing amateurish about it. And then the fact that you have live TV coverage uh, four nights also, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, that's a terribly unfamiliar circumstance to be under. Right. And so I, I implored all my players, even though we won the first year, in looking back, my personal career highlights to say that I played the first two Moscone Cups. But in looking back, had I known then that it was going to be that, even though we won the first one, I wish I would have trained a lot harder. And I thought I did train hard, but I didn't understand what training hard. It's not two hours a day. It's not four hours a day. You know, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a lifestyle. And so that was part of what was brought about is I don't want to look back myself personally in December and say I should have tried harder. And I don't want my players to look back, win or lose. Let's give it a hundred percent. If you're ever going to step up and be a professional, today's the day. You know, let's get started here and let's get going, and just do it with pure work work ethic and uh, 
and that was the tenor of the whole uh, trip that we had in the past, and that's going to be the tenor of our whole year as well. Let's let's look back in December and say we could try harder. Right. Is there uh, at the uh, BCA in uh, Louisville? Is there an opportunity for um, people to pay some sort of clinics that, or is it big enough just on you know, helping uh, out the juniors and just doing that as a no, no, coach? it's going to be kind of a multi-purpose thing. We will have uh, we'll have our, our team audio there for the people that are unfamiliar with what the Moscone Cup is. We have a couple nice audios made that we will cycle through. There will be a pool table. We'll actually have a booth, and you can come up and engage the players. You can get a picture, an autograph. Uh, there'll be an opportunity to play what we call the I Should Have Been Chosen for the Moscone Cup Challenge, which is a <laughs> chance to play one of my players, and you get the break in the game of nine ball. If you win the game of nine ball, you win a custom T-shirt. And uh, it's it's all good fun, uh, and, but it's good practice for my players. And, and then the management team will be there and we'll, we'll accept, you know, questions about training and structure and, and how, how how things are going and what's going on. But just get an opportunity to interact and mingle. And, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, our Navy SEAL mentor can come, Amir. He's, he's a great leader, a great spokesman. He doesn't know much about pool just yet, but he's ambitious. And those guys are experts at becoming experts, so... Uh, but he's definitely he's got the motivation thing down, and so he's 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 a full fledged member of the team. So, so uh, yeah, it, that's an awesome step, and it's, he's great to have in our sport. We're very lucky and blessed if he's even interested to give us any time whatsoever, and he's been more than generous. And he's just one of these bigger than life characters. I, I would describe him as if if you could imagine Rambo and Superman with a great personality, that would be a mirror. <laughs> I mean, it's you. His, his positivity is absolutely infectious, and his complete belief, and he will inspire you. And if you get a chance to come up and meet him and shake his hand and get a picture with him, it's something you'll look back on and treasure because he is a real hero. Well, I think that's fantastic. And uh, you, um, I and I understand just because of conversations that we've had. And I know how difficult it is with having any kind of lead time. You're looking with eight players plus yourself plus uh, Dr. Don, uh, Willie Bent, and uh, getting everybody in the same place at the same time and the financial constraints that are on you guys to, to get things done. Do you have any other goals that you planning on for after the, the Louisville, the BCA in Louisville, or? We do. We, we we still want to resurrect some parts of what we had previously ambitiously uh, or perhaps trying to overachieve <laughs> a tour, a U.S. tour, but we still will try to reclaim a few spots. I've had some inquiries from various pool rooms, and I've been just trying to sort out a way to make it cost-effective enough that they won't get hurt, you know, so... And, and it's very, very difficult, like you said. And, and trying to get all eight players to any one location is nigh impossible. There's just too many restrictions. But a, a shorter group is sometimes a little bit easier to work with anyway. So we're going to do some kind of a, a smaller, uh, but we, we will be around. We're going to play some Moscone Test matches at various locations, perhaps even here in St. Louis. 
and uh, whatever we can do to get out there. And it's also it's about growing the sport, you know, and that's grassroots movement. When we go to a pool room or something, it, it definitely raises the excitement level in the pool room for the sport and for the players being there. So our players well, love it too. Well, to just since you know we we, we have a, a, a quite a good following of people on this show now, and it's, it's growing every week. So if there's any pool room owners out there who are interested in having TBUSA play a challenge match against your local team and maybe do a clinic and have some fun, uh, get in touch with Mark Wilson. I'm sure you can get in touch with him through the uh, – what's the best way to get a hold of you, Mark? Well, you can go through my website. It's called playgreatpool.com. That, that's an easy way. It has all my contact information. I, I can give you my phone number to, just call me personally. Call me direct. If you have a question, comment, or concern, I'm open because it's not my team and it's not mine and the players' team. It's everybody's team, you know, and everybody that's interested and passionate about the sport. If you're interested enough to listen to this radio program, you're welcome to add an opinion because I think this should be a fairly transparent process. It should be open. It's not secretive. It's not cloak and dagger stuff. It's not, oh, this guy's Mark's best friend and that's why it is, or he doesn't like this guy and that's why. That has nothing to do with it. The, the, and so my phone number is 618-888-2333. You're welcome to call me anytime. So if you're a pool room owner out there and you're interested in having Team USA, give him a call, send him an email, ask questions. Here's, here's the, the beauty of Mark's philosophy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your trumpet for you for a second. He doesn't want charity. It's not about give me this much money because this is what we need even if it hurts you. We don't he cares. He does not want the pool rooms to get hurt by this. He wants it to be a two way street so that Team USA get what they need out of it. Maybe a charity gets what they need out of it and the pool room doesn't get hurt as a result of it. So no it's not it's not cheap. It's not an inexpensive thing to, to get done, to get six people to your pool room to do something. I'm sure everybody can understand that. But he also doesn't want to hurt anybody either. So bear that in mind. That's the, the goodwill side of it. That it's, really, it's probably really easy to get a hold of pool rooms and say, yeah, oh, well, you know, you're going to make thousands of dollars, and then they don't. And then, then Mark's not after hurting anybody. So, no, it's not cheap. And get a hold of him if you're uh, interested in having the team there. I'm a, I'm a pretty close to being right there, Mark. Very well stated. It's it's one of these things where we want to, with the, with, the, with all the pool remoters that have operate on very slim margins, we want to engage the community. We want to get people excited again. We want to have fun. With, you know, pool is supposed to be fun at the end of the day. You know, sometimes we talk about all the drama of Black Pool England and all the hostile crowd and everything. Thank goodness there's people passionate about it. And we want to re-energize the American billions community. And so it's, it's more of a unifying thing. I would even be willing to do it if it was revenue to any money or, or didn't, no one got hurt. I, I, I would still be for that because Building sport, it has to be the sport first. Money would then follow. Most of us were brought into the sport because we thought we was here first, and then the sport would follow. It was quite the opposite. <laughs> Excuse me. 
So that's uh, you. You kind of hit it right on the head. We just want to go hand in hand with people that are like minded, and let's let's get this sport going. That's that's really what the bottom line is. We want to win the Moscone first and foremost. You okay? Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, so we, let, let me just ask you real quick. Tell me again the dates of the BCA. Is there an admission charge? Can anybody come in? No, uh, it's not open to the public. This is a manufacturing. It's the biggest summit. Uh, yeah, this is my understanding. It's been a few years since I've been there. It used to always been it's a wholesale show rather than a retail show. So you would have to get with a proprietor, be a member of the BCA, uh, someone that has a, uh, um, uh, a where they're distributing their goods there. But it is it's a, it's a worldwide thing. People take them all over the world for it. And all the latest and greatest products from each manufacturer will be represented there. So it's just open to the general public unless things have changed dramatically in the last two years. But I don't think so. Yeah, what I don't know. I I, I try and come up with ideas sometimes. Maybe there's a way we can talk to the people out of the BCA and let them open it up to the public. Wouldn't wouldn't that help? Yeah. That's you know, what I say, you know, I mean, anything. Join the BCA, subscribe to the Billiards Digest, do something, but just, just don't complain all the time. If you're not part of the solution, then you're really you know, trying, and, and there's a lot of people that will throw rocks with ideas. Uh, I'm for one and say, let's uh, have some action here. Right. Well, you know, I've taken up enough of your time, Mark. I appreciate it. I think, um, you know, the. If anybody knows anybody at the BCA, if the BCA is listening, consider letting people in to support Team USA. I mean, I don't think it can hurt anybody else, right? I, well, I, I guess people don't want to be trying to sell cues at wholesale on a one-item basis, maybe. I guess that would be the only... No, none of that takes place. It's all, it's all dealers and distributors. Right. But, but the bottom line is, Mark, you're right. You know, let's all get engaged. Let's... You know, support something. I don't care what it is. If you don't support the billiards program, then support something, you know. So um, I'm all for it. Well, thank you for your time, Mark. Thank you for your information. Um, I do the best I can. I don't have all the answers, mind you. Oh, I I know. I I know you kind of, you're working slightly behind the the train a little bit, you know. Um, It's one of those, it's one of those things. It's just, it's the first time Anything like this is being done for the Moscone Cup, and so you're the pioneer. Like uh, was it Lewis and Clark? You know, you you don't know the mistakes you you're going to make until you've made them. And, yeah, right. And hopefully next year, um, anything that you find that you haven't done quite right, you'll be correct. Absolutely. So yeah, it's kind of a work in progress. We're all learning here, but we're all very inspired, and in the, the mistakes that will be made will be with well thought out, well intentioned. Best in the best spirit is just the honest mistakes and, and for that. And like I said before, I'm open to anyone's questions, criticisms, or comments. So. Awesome. Yep. Thanks again, Mark. I am sure that we will be talking again before uh, you make your final picks. Are you any closer to that? By the way, I've got to ask you. I know. I know you've still got a long <laughs> way to go. Are you any closer? I'll tell you what, we, Don't we, tell we, me. <laughs> we made daily assessments, and, and I'm thinking right now it looks like Mark Cantrell is on the team. So that's <laughs> <I do. laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy, I tell you, you're already in, you know in that zero danger. You're gonna be one or the other. You put me on the team. You might as well just pack your bags and just. No, you know. no, we're gonna use you. We're gonna use you for bait. We're gonna send you out there. I don't want you to practice, and I want you to get them <laughs> really overconfident. Thank you, buddy. I will speak bye-bye. to you later on. Yep. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. Mark Wilson, captain of Team USA, 2014 Moscone Cup. And I'd like to thank uh, Matt Troom and Neil Garage Cabinets, obviously, for their sponsorship for the show. And hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you got some insight and some information. And you, uh, it'll give you the tools to help along the way. Again, if you've got a pool room, help support Mark and the team. If you're um, part of the BCA and you can do anything to maybe help along the way at the video, that I'm sure will be appreciated as well. And uh, until next week, that's it. Hopefully, I don't know if I'm going to get Shane next week. I'm going to try, but I think he's probably still going to be out of the country. So we'll, we'll see. We will get him, though, as soon as he's available. Until next week, thank you all for listening. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.